from Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Closing a chapter doesn't always mean ending a discussion, and sometimes closing a chapter means pressure mounts. That might be what we're seeing right now with superstar quarterback Lamar Jackson. Because we've spent the last couple of years obsessing over what his contract situation would look like. Obsessing over what his value could be. Obsessing over how it would look. Now that the contract's done, the question is, what's the expectation for the superstar? It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. And all of this comes because OTAs have started, Harry. And now that we know that OTAs have started for several teams, we know we're going to start hearing from several superstars. That includes, but is not limited to, one Lamar Jackson. Yesterday, after his uh, after their practice at the press conference, he was asked about uh, running, extending his career, and this offense. This is what he had to say. Do you think, Lauren, when you say less running, do you think that's something that could, in your mind, could, could big picture wise, could extend your career, or is that something that doesn't go into your mindset? That's the less running. Uh, I really don't. To me, it really don't matter. I feel like however God, however long God want me to play, that's what it'll be. It don't matter about how long I'm gonna run, because the running backs. Uh, Frank Gore played how many years in the league? He was a running back, you know, so it don't really matter about running. You know, I feel like it's on you and God. Sometimes, Harry, these conversations about running the ball are really about Lamar throwing the ball because we know this offense is going to look different this year. I would argue knowing that these offenses are going to look different, that they're going to let Lamar open it up. There is no quarterback right now in the NFL with more eyes on him and more pressure on him in my mind than Lamar to go out and show the world exactly who he can be now that he's been paid. And I think this won't be the first time that Lamar Jackson faces pressure in his career. He had pressure on him at Louisville. He had pressure on him coming into the draft. He had pressure to perform at a very, very high level when he took over for Joe Flacco. And he seemed to, you know, garner that pressure and go out there and perform on the football field. This is just another level of it, right? When you see a guy like Lamar Jackson who demanded the contract that he wanted and Got his contract, might not have been necessarily exactly what he wanted, but he got his contract, right? So now him and the Baltimore Ravens, they're moving forward. I think he's going to be ready for the task. But what I want Lamar Jackson to understand, yes, you have a new offensive coordinator in Todd Munkin who's going to be phenomenal for your career at the quarterback position, but also football is still football. Do not forget some of your greatest attributes. And do you want Lamar Jackson to play from the pocket a lot more? Yes, you do. But you don't want him to be focusing on it so much that he forgets to be Lamar Jackson, Fitz. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. And look, uh, this show has been very pro-Lamar Jackson. We continue to be pro-Lamar Jackson. I'm just going to be blunt for a second. I think so many people are dug in on opinions about a man getting paid that stupidity has taken over. Like, I've never seen anything like this. Most of us, like, if my, Harry Douglas is a close friend of mine. If Harry goes out and gets a massive new deal from ESPN that's worth millions of dollars a year, I'm going to celebrate that. I would never turn around to somebody and be like, well, you know, he's not worth that. Like, for whatever reason, this conversation about Lamar has become personal for people everywhere yep. that are looking for a reason for him to fail. We live in such a jacked up world. Let's be honest. There are more people right now 
now rooting against Lamar simply because he got paid than are rooting against Deshaun Watson, who has things far greater on his record than any of this conversation. Like, the stupidity with which we are now talking about Lamar makes no sense. In my mind, this is very simple. A guy went out, fought for his value, got paid. Now he has an opportunity to prove everybody wrong, and I hope like hell he does it. Now, Fitz, remember a few months ago when we was talking about this conversation in Lamar Jackson when he was trying to fight for his contract, right? I brought up the point, I want people to judge Lamar Jackson in his play when the playing field is level, like other young quarterbacks, like a yes. Justin Herbert, like a Jalen Hurts, like a Josh Allen, right? Like a Joe Burrow, because they have the skill position players around them. Now that Lamar Jackson has those skill position players around him and bringing in the Baltimore Ravens, that is, Odell Beckham Jr., going to draft Zay Flowers. You have Rashad Bateman going to come back. You're going to have J.K. Dobbins, the start of the football season, in which he didn't last year. He's going to have Ronnie Stanley his left tackle at the start of the football season in which he wasn't there last year all these things things combined now we can say going into the season Lamar Jackson what we expect from him because now I feel like the playing field is level and we got to remember this right Todd Munkin is now the offensive coordinator Todd Munkin is not stupid He's not just going to go in there and say everything that Lamar Jackson has done up up to this point we're going to get rid of Todd Munkin had a balanced offense while he was at Georgia. He ran the football. He had two solid tight ends in Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington. Guess what he has with the Baltimore Ravens? Two solid tight ends in Mark Andrews and Isaiah Likely. And now he has the skill position players, uh, I should say they have them in Baltimore, to do more things in the passing game, but they're not going to abandon the run game to make the pass game, you know, be heaven. They're still going to run the football, just now the pass game is going to be integrated more so, and you're going to probably have better concepts than you had in the past. And Lamar Jackson, I think, is going to become a better passer because of it. I mean, at some point, Fitz and Harry, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, presented by Progressive Insurance. At some point, facts have to get in the way of a false narrative. Let's just look at the facts here. The Ravens went out and fired their old offensive coordinator, right? The Ravens looked at their offense and said, man, we got a problem. And what did they do? They got rid of coaches, and they still signed Lamar to a mega deal. They still signed Lamar to substantial money. What does that tell you? The people that see him every day in practice believe that the problem was the coach, not the player. This is the opportunity for that to be proven without question. I I root for one thing in the NFL, and you know this. Everybody that's listening to me knows this. I root for my beloved Raiders to be great. That's fine. Outside of that, across the board, I look at it and say, man, I just want I want guys to live up to the best of their ability. Right now, I'm looking at Lamar and saying, this is your chance. To your point, there are so many great weapons around him. To your point, the Ravens looked around and said, man, we got to make a change at their offensive coordinator. To your point, the Ravens have been decimated by injuries over the last couple of years. Baltimore looked at it as a franchise and said, how do we fix our offensive issues? One, we fire a coach. Check. Two, we hire a new coach that can modernize our offense. Check. Three, and this is key, we pay Lamar so that we answer the quarterback situation. Check. That gives the Ravens the opportunity. All Lamar has to do now is be exactly who the Ravens believe he can be, who you believe he can be, who I can believe he can be, and who he believes he can be. If he does those things, this is a breakthrough year moment for the Ravens and for Lamar both. And for a lot of people, I want y'all to understand it's not to the fact that we never thought Lamar Jackson couldn't pass the football. It's just the offensive system that he was in never required him to do so 
on a consistent basis, I felt like. So now when you have a new offensive coordinator in there and Todd Munkin, who's going to introduce new concepts? Who's going to say, hey, if the blitz comes from this area, this is what we're going to check to. You're going to go to the line. Lamar Jackson, that is. He's going to have check with me's. All these type of things are being worked on right now in the offseason, which is a very important time, especially when you have a new offensive coordinator and you have everyone there in your system. You want everybody to understand and be on the same page. I've always uh, been a firm believer of one band, one sound. Now they can go in to this season with a different plan and also it might be hell on whoever they're going to play week one which I think is the Houston Texans because they don't know what version of this Baltimore Ravens offense that they're going to get because you have the new wrinkles that will be added to it. I believe that we're going to see the rise of Lamar Jackson, the thrower and with the opportunity to see the rise of Lamar Jackson, the thrower you're only going to continue to see more opportunities for Lamar Jackson, the runner. This is about the Ravens finding a better balance in their offense by utilizing Lamar's strengths better. I think those things can happen. If they don't, it is fair and and we'll be tough on them. We've always been fair and balanced on these players. If Lamar can't do it, we'll be tough on him. But right now, he has the opportunity to prove every single person that doesn't think he should have gotten paid wildly wrong and prove the organization wildly right. It fits two things for me. I think Lamar Jackson is going to become a better passer because, number one, he has an offensive coordinator that wants him to do that and and accomplish those things as well. And I think he's going to allow him on a consistent basis to be able to do so. Also, number two, they sign guys at the wide receiver position to help Lamar Jackson. Help that he has not had since he's been in the National Football League. So those are two reasons why I believe Lamar Jackson will be a better passer because he's going to have that consistency from his offensive coordinator in allowing him to do it. And also they have the playmakers now on the outside to get it done for Lamar Jackson as well. You mean this many years in, the Ravens finally did what the Eagles did finally, for Jalen Hurts right finally. away? Finally. I mean, my God, the fact that so many people still continually want to question Lamar and nobody seems to want to question the Ravens or this process – Makes no sense. So that leaves one question the Ravens and every other playoff team face next year. Can they get back? Coming up, Harry's going to tell you the playoff teams in 2022 that won't make it back in 2023. We'll do it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Jason and Harry hot on. So hot. So hot. And what are they cool on? It's in or out. In out. Are you in or out? On Fitz and Harry. It's in or out on Fitz and Harry. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. This is also really good music. I spent yesterday saying the NHL music is the best. I don't know. This is pretty good. I think during the fall, I should just bring in one of those kids' keyboards and just recreate threes while we're <laughs> while we're going through those. All right. The simple. It's a simple premise. Devin's going to play us the name of a team. All right, Harry. Once he's played the name of the team, you will tell us these are all playoff teams from last year. You will tell us will this playoff team from last year return mm-hmm. to the playoffs? Return to the playoffs. Ooh. All right. You ready okay. for this, uh, Devin? You got it. You ready? A lot of pressure on Devin. Let's hear the first team. Oh, that's shocking. We were just talking about Lamar. Okay, heavy-handed, but I get it. What do you got, Harry? 
Yeah, I'm in on this football team, especially Lamar Jackson um, being signed. He will be there. If he would have played in that playoff game last year, a lot of people said the Baltimore Ravens would have beat the Cincinnati Bengals, along with the addition of OBJ, Zay Flowers, and Todd Munkin as the offensive coordinator. I think the Baltimore Ravens are here to stay. Not only that, they're going to make a lot of noise. Yeah, and by the way, the, their division is sneaky tough. Uh, yes, it let's, is. Let's see how the Steelers, I mean, the Steelers are always on the verge of being a winning team. We know that. Uh, let's see what it looks like with the development, uh, you know, pick it. But I, I'm with you. I think the Ravens are back in the playoffs. Hard to bet against that team, especially considering the fact that I just said Lamar has the chance to make a, uh, take a step forward. I think Lamar ends this year as an MVP candidate. That's how, that's how much I believe in Lamar. Who do you have next? Oh, I'm yeah. in on this one, but as a wild card because I have the, the Eagles actually winning this division. The addition of Mozzie Smith to be able to, you know, have some beef in the middle of that defensive line. Also bringing over Stephon Gilmore to add him to your number one corner and Trayvon Diggs. You went and got Brandon Cooks to have another weapon on the outside for Dak Prescott. You got Donovan. They have one of the sneaky best secondaries in the National Football League, too, with Curse and Wilson as the safeties and Stephon Diggs and, and Gilmore at the other two corners. So I like this Dallas Cowboys team, but I have them as a wild card, and they will make the playoffs. I think they're a wild card also. Also, I just want to remind everybody, they went 12-5 and five last year. I, I just I keep saying this about certain teams. I know Dak threw too many picks, and they still went. 12 and 5. We're yeah. talking about them like it's an abject disaster. They went 12 and 5. They're going back to the playoffs, so we all need to R E L A X relax about the Cowboys. <laughs> Debbie, who you got for us next? Oh, you Oh, so- wow. Wow. That That's what we're doing, Devin? So, wait, wait. I, I'm okay. Just, can I just give everybody a little peek? Go ahead. Tell everybody what we're, what we're mad about, there's, upset there's, about. There's a screen. We share a screen here so we can see some of the teams <laughs> that are coming, right? The next team on the list is Devin's New York football Giants. He skipped over the Giants because he doesn't want to hear our truths. Okay, you went to the Seahawks. All right, okay, I have them wow. in. I have them in as, as a wild card because the 49ers will win that division. Um, not only do I have them in as a wild card, I think they can make more noise than losing in the first round like they did last season. So I really like what the Seattle Seahawks are as a team right now, offensively and defensively. They added more pieces. They're going to have that Legion of Boom 2.0. So I got them in. I love Kenneth Walker III. Yes. I love the way he runs the ball. I love the, the explosiveness and the power that he runs with. I love so much about what the Seahawks did last year, but also I'm a little nervous. They were 9-8 and eight last year, but what's interesting to me is the point differential. They only had a six-point point differential for the entire year. They were plus six for the entire season. That mm. tells you that they were playing on the line the entire way. Because I think a team like the Lions is going to be in the playoffs this year, because I think the Vikings are in that conversation for the wild card I'm going to say the Seahawks miss the playoffs, but I don't feel great about it. I'm with you. I think the Seahawks are a good team, but I think I think they could be on the outside looking in. I, I don't feel great about that pick. I've said it now. I don't feel good about it. Dev, who do we have next? Oh, oh now, this is great. Now he comes up with Okay. Here we are. Um, I do not have them. Originally, I had three teams of the NFC uh, East making the playoffs. But that was quickly changed. I think the Giants are going to be the one team that's left out. Not because they aren't a talented football team, but you look at this gauntlet of a schedule that they have. I don't think the schedule for them is favorable. So that's why I have them missing the playoffs. Dev, uh, just answer me this. How scared are you of the Washington Commanders? I I forget, and I honestly, Mm -hmm. I'm not even being a jerk. I forgot that the Commanders finished 
half a game back of the Giants last year. Are you afraid? Like, Sam Howell doesn't scare me at all, but the Washington Commanders are a good roster. Are you at all scared of Washington? I'm scared of that defensive line, but then again, we played them twice. We tied once and we beat them at home. So, and I think we're a better football team than we were last year. And I don't, I don't know if you can say the same for them. So, am I scared of them? Of all the teams in the NFC East, they're the least I'm scared of. Well, let, let me tell you this about this the Giants. This one's tricky. This one's tricky for me. But yeah, go ahead. Let me tell you what makes me nervous about the Giants. The first game, they play the Cowboys, which could be a loss. The second game, they're going to beat the Cardinals. Then you have 49ers, Seahawks, the Dolphins, the Buffalo Bills. You have the Commanders and then the Jets. That's a tough first half schedule. And then the Raiders. Oh, wow. yeah. And they're going to lose out in Vegas. The like, they're going to go out to <laughs> Vegas and then, like, you know, we're going to be in Vegas, so I'm going to find a way to meet up with Daniel Jones, take him out to the curb, and make sure that he's too hungover to play the next day. I, I do think the, <laughs> the ceiling is 10 and 7. 10 and 7 is the, the very top of the ceiling. So that's where I'm at right now. I'm going to say that the Giants missed the playoffs, but I still love you, Devin. I just, I've got to take yeah. some of these teams to take a step back. So I'm going to take, but I don't know, man. Dayball, year two, oh. Yeah, I'm gonna say no to the. I'm gonna say no to the Giants. Dev, nothing personal, just business, baby. It's just, it's just business. Understood. Just business. Understood. Who do you got next for us? So I have them out. I have them oh, out. I think oh. last year the close wins that they had was phenomenal, but also, and I understand Brian Flores is their defensive coordinator now, but I actually need to see them make the progress versus just automatically saying that they're gonna have progress on the defensive side of the ball. I do like the addition of Jordan Addison to pair him up with uh, uh, Justin Jefferson and K.J. Osborne and T.J. Hawkinson, but I need to make sure defensively they're going to be there. I'm just not at that point right now, so I had them out. Yeah, you know what? This one's tough for me because, again, they won 13 games last year, but they actually had a negative point differential. It doesn't make any sense that they won 13 games. And you talk about tough schedules. You look at, at the beginning of their season coming into this year. Week two, they have the Eagles. Week three, they have the Chargers. Week five, they have the Chiefs. Week seven, they have the 49ers. I mean, it's not easy for Minnesota. I think the Lions are going to win the division. I think Minnesota takes a step back. I still think Minnesota can sneak in as a wild card. How do you like that? They sneak in as a okay, wild okay, card. Okay. Kirk Cousins keeps us confused still yet again on, on whether or not he's good <laughs> enough. All right. I like that, that pick. Devin, what do you got for us next? Oh, come oh on. we out. Just I mean, did so you see Baker Mayfield the other day, the videos of him trying to throw a seam ball to the tight end and it went right over his head? I said, oh, no. Nah. They're not going to make it. They're going to be the Tampa Bay sucking ears this year, and they're going to try and get the first pick in the draft. <laughs> Am I allowed to say that on radio? I don't know. We have no way to find out. Like actually doing it. Tampa Bay sucking ears. Oh, I'm gonna, can I can I copyright that? Since like I haven't heard that anywhere else. I, I don't. Yeah, yeah. You make a lot of money off of that. Okay, I'm sure. Yeah, it's going to be my new side hustle. Shirts that say Tampa Bay sucking ears. Uh, who you got for us next? Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay might have the first pick in the draft. That's how much I'm out on Tampa Bay Dolphins. What do you think, Harry? Yeah, I have the Miami Dolphins in, but a lot of this is predicated off of Tua's health, right? Can he um, not miss games because he has received probably another concussion? So that's my only concern. If Tua is on this football team for majority of the year or the entire year, they will be a playoff team as a wild card, though. If Tua is truly healthy all year, I wouldn't be surprised if the Dolphins go to the Super Bowl. That's how good that roster is. If Tua, I agree with you there, too. If Tua is healthy this year, the Dolphins can go to the Super Bowl. I just, as I've said several times, I'm going to be real with everybody. I wouldn't put money on it because I'm just afraid. Like, who am I to question the doctors he's seen? I won't. But at the end of the day, if I had to put money right now on a team, I wouldn't put my money on Miami because I just, it's too much of a risk for me. There's been too many injury concerns. Steph, you got time for one more? Do we have time for one more? Let's squeeze one more. 
Yeah, yeah I have them players. in. It's about time that all the guys that they paid on the defensive side of the ball actually stay healthy and show up and show out for an entire season. Offensively, um, they added some incentives to Austin Eckler's contract, so he's going to remain with the football team. They added Quentin Johnson, a wide receiver, to go with Keenan Allen and also uh, Mike Williams. So, And we know what Justin Herbert is going to be for the Los Angeles Chargers, so I have them in. Because, Fitz, they have a easy schedule, in my opinion. Yeah, I think the Chargers are in the playoffs, and uh, every year I say they're going to dethrone the Chiefs in the West. It never happens. I won't go that far, but the, the Chargers are a playoff team and, and could easily be a Super Bowl caliber team if they can finally figure out a way to stay healthy. All right, coming up, why a massive injury could actually benefit one NBA team. Huh, we'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM, Channel 80. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Paying a little respect to the great Tina Turner, obviously passed yesterday at the age of 83. Icon in music, somebody whose music influenced me and many other musicians around the world. We'll be uh, playing a bunch of her catalog today as a way to say thank you to the great contributions she made to the world. Fitz and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, time to bring in one of our favorites, Vince Carter. Everybody else tells you he's an NBA future, NBA Hall of Famer. I'll just tell you, all-around general badass. That's what we're going to start calling him on this show. <laughs> all-around general badass. All right, Vince. Gabe Vincent is out tonight, so what should yeah. the Heat do at point guard with him not playing? Man, let me tell you something. They're in a, the Miami Heat are in a, a, a great situation, in my opinion, because guess what? They bring in their starting point guard from the beginning of the season, Kyle Lowry. Oh, who also is a champion, who has been in these moments, who understands the dynamic and the importance of this game, and who, who, who won't get rattled because of the moment. I mean, it's just, remember, Kyle got injured once he was coming back. He said, let, let Gabe have that position. He's playing great. He's doing well. I'll come off the bench. You know, he, he empowered him. He allowed Gabe Benson to go out there and do his thing. Now you have this guy that you can plug and play that is a champion. And I think they're in a good situation. Yes, is he the type of scorer these days that Gabe Benson um, is right now? No. 17.5 points a game that he's averaging as opposed to seven points. But Kyle Lowry is not afraid of the moment. He's known for hitting big shots, making great plays. Obviously, defensively, he, he gives you just yet another defender. I, I think they're, they're in good, good shape. Then, Vince, for me, I think that's one of the luxuries that the Miami Heat actually has is that when you have a guy that was coming off the bench who is a champion, who's been in big games, who the moment won't be too big for, and now you insert him in the starting lineup, it's just going to be like you're playing a normal basketball game. But I wanted to ask mm -hmm. you about the Celtics. The way the Celtics played in game four, do you think they can do that on a consistent basis? I, I, I just don't know. That's the question. Yeah, and, and they always, when they're back against the wall, is when the Boston Celtics has been their best. And, and what they did in the second half of game four was what they need to do in the beginning of game five is let their defense create their offense. They had the stretch of 18-0 run, blew the game open. They created like three, if not four turnovers in a row, which got them to play in transition so they didn't play against the Heat's half-court defense where they struggled. They struggled in the half-court against the, the Heat's defense. And, you know, once they kind of got, got, blew the game open, 
you can see guys play a little freer. And, and Jason Tatum played great. But here's the thing to me, and I, I've been saying it all morning, and I'm going to continue to say it. And their losses, 15 turnovers a game. They had 10 turnovers in a win, which they got it down. Jason Tatum had five of those 10 turnovers. They're already not playing well at home. This is an important game. Your star player, I get it. He has the ball, draws the most attention, but he has to find a way to protect the basketball. Because if you're down a Gabe Vincent at 17 and a half points, you're not sure who, you know, who's going to be the guy to step up and all of that stuff if you're the Boston Celtics. Well, you don't want to give them opportunity by turning the ball over when they get out of transition. Guys are getting layup after layup after layup, like we saw in game three. Like it was like uh, it was just like Boston didn't show up. Duncan Robinson was their playmaker, where yeah. he was getting layup, creating lobs, and setting guys up for threes. Like you can't, well, you're not going to win win a win a game. You won't win a series like that. So Vince, I got to ask you because you said you know the Boston Celtics get in trouble when they turn the basketball over. Is a lot of that because they're defense. going they're going too much one on one and it's less yeah. ball movement. Is that, is that is that what you feel? Yes, one hundred percent. I I do agree with that because you, Miami Heat are so good as uh, as team defense. Yes, they have individual defenders, but team defense is like they they're so good. Like guys are in position. If you get beat, you have to worry about the next man, and they're always tied on the string. Everybody's kind of stunning and supporting each other. And when you're playing one on one, it's easy for a defense to load just to load one side. Like all right, come on, we'll wait for you. We're going to influence you to make this pass. This is what we want you to do. While you're playing one-on-one, we're going to be on the help side. We're going to make you throw this ball across the court to give us a chance to close out and protect the three. So I, I think ball movement, you have to get a great defensive team moving from side to side to create indecisions, lack of communication, which the Miami Heat are very good at communicating. But I'm just saying, you, have, if you won't get that if there's not body movement, if there's not guys cutting when you play one-on-one. It's just guys are sitting there. I'm like, all right, cool, you make it easy for us. We're talking to Vince Carter, ESPN NBA analyst. All right, Vince, you know, it's ESPN. We're, like, contractually obligated to ask Lakers questions. But this one's real. All right, everybody keeps talking about Kyrie and the Lakers. Should the Lakers sign Kyrie this offseason? Well, I'm going to start by saying shout-out to the, the Denver Nuggets for sweeping uh, the Lakers. Amen. Amen. a baby, Vince. Had a baby, Vince. Coach Mike Malone. All right, hey, you're getting your two <laughs> seconds, brother. I'm sorry, bro. Okay, uh, Kyrie Irving. Um I, I, I like it. I, I like it. Well, I like it if it doesn't sacrifice your young talent. I like it if it doesn't sacrifice your depth because that was their issue. It's like you brought in, uh, you know, you brought in uh, Russell Westbrook, but it sacrificed all of your depth. And then you were two and ten. You were thirteenth, and you had to come up with, uh, you know, a, a, a miracle plus to make it happen, which got you to the Western Conference Finals, which. You know, why do why put yourself in that position? So it's like, yes, Kyrie Irving will be a great asset to this team if he's willing to take less money to keep uh, uh, less money to bring in or keep some of your young talent. I'm not getting I'm not losing Austin Reed. I don't even want to get off a Rui Hachimura. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, what 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 do you have to sacrifice for, for that? And do you give him a long term? Because I think. You you bring in you bring in Kyrie, and with the with the maturation of Austin Reeves, now does he take a step back because he was your other guy that you had the ball in his, his hand making plays, and we were impressed by it. So you would think that that position or, or that confidence would grow. 
you bring in a Kyrie, that might not be the case. Does he take a step back? You know, it's a lot of things that can, can hinder the growth and or your depth with bringing Kyrie in. Now, but now Vince, Kyrie is Kyrie. Really quick before we let you go, should the Lakers trust GM LeBron again this offseason? The Lakers should um, – well, first of all, the Lakers got to see what Le- GM LeBron is going to do with himself. <laughs> <But> <laughs> let's start there. That's, that's the first thing. So, uh, but I, I think his input matters. You know, but like they have to, he, they, he has to be he, meaning LeBron has to be willing to say, yeah, I, I want this, I want that. But the organization has to say, okay, but if we do that, this is what we have. You know, this is what we'll have. This is the situation we'll be in. And I don't think LeBron wants to go through that again, which is why I think we're in this situation where he's talking about, I don't know if I'm coming back because he's looking like, man, you know, I'm not, you know, being in the Western Conference Finals, that doesn't do it for me. Okay, cool. I'm used to playing in the finals. Well, if you're used to playing in the finals, you got to have some type of depth. They can say, oh, he's played with worse teams. Okay, but those guys still knock down shots to allow him to be that guy. You know what I'm saying? He had enough depth to where it was still – it gave him room to sometimes he could go sit on the bench and allow other guys to kind of do their thing. But if you're losing to Hashimura and or, and or Reeves, you're taking a step back, in my opinion. Vince, we're never taking a step back when you're hanging out with us. You keep being an all-around yeah. badass, man. We appreciate you hanging out. That's your new title Always, on this show. Man. We appreciate you, brother. Thanks for hanging out. <laughs> my man, appreciate you. It's Vince Carter, ESPN NBA analyst, hanging out with us. Kyrie Irving went to Instagram yesterday because everybody's got something to say. But this time, what Kyrie had to say was right. Vince and Harry, the podcast. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. If you've listened to any ESPN show, TV, radio, doesn't matter. If you've listened to any sports talk show, one of the biggest conversations has been, should the Lakers add Kyrie? It's been, will Kyrie want to take less money to go to L.A.? These are real conversations that's happening because, in part, we're looking at LeBron's situation, saying what will, want him, what will make him want to keep playing. But that's something that Kyrie has now chimed in on. He used Instagram to go out and put out a story. This is, in part... Part of his message he gave, not just to fans first, but first and foremost to all of us that talk for a living about talking about Kyrie. I just wanted to clear some things up, right? I'm a free agent this summer, but I am in no rush to make a decision. Uh, The speculation around my name from all these individuals that get on TV and have these personalities, you know, these platforms. And and I'm talking about the TV personalities, the, the sports folk that try to mix sports with politics and lifestyle. Like when they speak on my name and, and, and they're talking about potential teams that I'm going to, can y'all please, I respectfully, like I'm asking you, please stop paying attention to that. Like I am in no rush to make a decision. <laughs> it's, it actually sounds like he's taking some shots at a few people. Oh, yeah. And I, <laughs> he's some taking of our some peers. shots. Oh, yeah. He's taking some shots at some people. 
But here's the thing, Harry. Like, I've, I've been hard on Kyrie many times. I, yep. I don't have any problem with this. He's coming out and saying, keep my name out your mouth, basically. He's coming out and saying, hey, stop, stop talking about me when there's basketball to pay attention to. And I can understand it. Like, if every time I went to a concert, and, you know, I went to go see my buddy in Collective Soul a few weeks ago. If every time I go see a concert, if I open up Twitter and I have thousands of tweets saying, oh, Fitz is going to go back to the music business. Not that thousands of people know who I do, but you know what I'm saying. Like, eventually that gets exhausting. I have no problem with Kyrie coming out and saying, guys, just shut up. I'm not making any decision right now. Just stop talking about me. I'll make my decision on my terms. I have no problem with this. Wrong. Ooh. Wrong by a million, millions of miles. Ooh. Kyrie is what? An entertainer, right? Yeah. 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 Okay, so it's our job to talk about entertainers. Kyrie is sitting courtside at the L.A. Lakers game in which they got swept. What was one of the, the, the deficiencies that a lot of people talk about LeBron didn't have? More scoring. But guess what? Kyrie scores the basketball. Guess what else Kyrie has done? Won an NBA championship with LeBron James. So, yes, it's our job to talk about you. Wait, 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 wait. What, he, he's not having, saying we can't what, talk about Weren't we also talking about Trey? Was Trey Young sitting courtside too? He's telling, he's telling fans not to listen to us talk about him. Like he said at the end, just don't pay attention to him. Like, here's the breaking he news. He can't tell another grown man what to do or yeah. a grown woman. What, what, breaking news? NBA player sits courtside at NBA game. Like, he plays basketball because he loves basketball. He wants to go to the game because he's in LA and it's the damn Lakers. If I could get courtside to the Lakers, I would want so to go to that. When Kyrie was, when we were talking about Kyrie leaving Brooklyn, what was one of the teams that was linked to Kyrie going to? The Lakers. The damn Lakers. Right. So it makes sense for us to talk about him. So a grown-ass man shouldn't be able to go to a basketball game even though he's an yeah, NBA he player. Can, he can go, but that we can talk about him if we want to talk about him being at that Lakers game. Uh, you're right. We can talk about him. He's telling people to stop listening, and I don't think he's wrong about He'll, that. He run his household. He don't run nobody else's household to tell them what they can and can't do. He better worry about his other household don't worry about his nobody else damn household he's he's tired of the noise from fans too this he said this about fans tweeting him stop mentioning me on twitters all y'all fan bases stop mentioning me right now please it is still the western conference and eastern conference finals like or excuse me denver's going to the finals you know we're still waiting for boston and miami can y'all please leave me this please can i just be with my family in peace y'all got People at my dinner table discussing what my free agency plans are. <laughs> stop that. Y'all think it's funny. Please stop that. I, like, I actually like having peace of mind when I'm at the crib. Right? Like, I, I see all y'all ads. I, I see all y'all mentions. Okay, I said it. I see all y'all stuff y'all be saying. I see all y'all memories. I get it. I get it. I'm just as excited as y'all are. But you got to chill, though. He's telling everybody just stay out of his business. Yeah. Uh, being on social media, is that a choice or not? Oh, yeah, it's, it's a choice. It's a okay, choice. so he doesn't have to watch people mm-hmm. tweeting, right or wrong? Uh, uh, correct. Okay, so he doesn't want people inside his household to talk to him about what he's going to do in his future. Correct. So run your damn household and tell them that you don't want to hear it. But you and I both know that sometimes you open up social media and you just see something about, like, how often have you had somebody come in and be like, Harry Douglas doesn't know Paul. Like, that's what every basketball fan, like, I wish we could, like, the next time you say doesn't know Paul, you should just be slapped in the face. Because it's the most cliche thing to say. Now, you just don't watch Paul. Well, but, but you know, but, but you he know, doesn't Harry, have to that, pay like, attention to yeah, those but you, things. You, you, neither do you and I. But you know that when a hater comes out on Twitter, sometimes it just gets under your skin. Now, if every time you open it up, it's like, Kyrie's doing this. 
Kyrie's doing that. Kyrie's doing this. Like, you know, I, I mean. He's a public figure. Yeah, but that doesn't mean. Nothing that, is happening to him that doesn't happen to LeBron. That doesn't happen to Kevin Durant. That doesn't happen to any other the, any of these other superstars I, that may be in any other sports. And, and I have no problem with any of them telling us to shut the hell up. Doesn't mean we will. But somebody coming out and being like, man, just stop talking about me. Like, I. I can see that. It seems human to me. Like, no, hell it seems no. human to me to come in our, and be like, "That's our job, man, is to talk about people who entertain at a very high level." Well, that is our job, and nothing's going to stop us from talking about Kyrie. Uh, he's not asking us not to talk. He's asking fans not to give us any time of day listening to it. Which, by the way, we don't stand for. You should. Now, don't get me wrong. I like Kyrie's game across the board, but. And I'm like, I'm going to sit up here and tell me what I can and can't talk about and talk about what somebody else should do in their household. Yeah. You go tell your household what they should and shouldn't do and let everybody else worry about their damn household. Look, I'm not saying it's going to work. I just know I have no problem with somebody saying, hey, I want to go to a game in peace. We'll ask an expert about this very complicated situation next. Also, why do the Celtics suck at home? We'll figure it out. Fitz and Harry. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. 